We're only as good as to our family as we are to ourselves. And so if, if I'm not healed and whole, I'm gonna project all of that onto my kids and then what, the patterns, they just continue. So I'm like, I've made a decision. We're disrupting patterns and we're going to do the hard work that it takes to knock out this toxicity because it's not gonna run through my kids. Hello and welcome to the Healing and Dealing Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing and Dealing Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte. Today, I am joined by Portia Franklin, longtime friend of mine. We've been friends since, gosh, like freshman year of high mm-hmm. school. Yeah. So, so excited to have you come on my podcast. You were actually like a huge help with me starting this whole thing. So I cherish you and I cherish our friendship. And I'm so glad that now we're, you know, 37. However, I, I think, are you close? You're like 37, 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been like a good 25 years, right? That that we've wow. just been doing this life and now we're connecting in this way. It's so beautiful. So wow. do you want to introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah, sure. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, Long time coming, but I'm so honored to be here. And my name is Portia Franklin. And yeah, I'm just over here on a mission to empower women. And we're going to get into my story here, but absolutely excited to be on here to share whatever comes out to empower the woman listening. So excited to chat with you. Yeah, that's perfect. I feel like your story is going to impact so many people. Even, you know, we're going to really dive into like teen mom stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. trauma that happened in the family and like what kind of your journey looked like. And I know that there's so many people listening that maybe have teenage daughters that can really learn from your story mm-hmm. or, you know, young women who are battling some of the same challenges that you did. And you can really give them a perspective of what you went through and like, what it led you to because now you've just like blossomed into this amazing woman following the lord really trying to like get in there and empower whatever woman you can touch and i'm just so inspired by you so all right let's dive in yeah Um, let's go so i really want to talk first about you know your experience with getting pregnant at a young age and like what your family life was before that you know like what did it look like you know when portia was five six seven eight like what what kind of life were you living in Mm. I like to say it was colorful. (laughs) Definitely definitely colorful growing up. Tons of, from what I remember, like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really recognize what's not normal and what's like toxic. So looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, there was like a lot of moving, never stable. There was a point where my mom had to get healing and I was like not with my mom. So there's like there was a lot happening. And so, yeah, that was me like growing up, just rolling with the flow, like just going with it. And 
stability is something today that that's really important to me. Right. So <clears throat> the effects of like that adversity that I had to face and then decide to overcome has led me here today. But being a teen mom, all of that led me to the places that I was in. So my mom was always working. She was very hardworking, had like three jobs at one time. So after school, I would be alone or with my big sister, which, you know, still alone because my sister was doing her own thing. Mm -hmm. So got myself into some things that probably shouldn't have you know, got myself into. I've saw I saw things growing up that I probably shouldn't have seen. I've and then, you know, leading myself into things that I probably shouldn't have done. And then yeah, got got pregnant at 14. 14. Wow. Mm-hmm. Such a baby. I know when I met you, I think we were like right around 15. And I couldn't believe it that you had a baby. It was like what? You know, like we were still kids, you Brand know. Like- mm-hmm you were managing that, like what, where did you live? Like what were your parents support? Was your mom supportive? What did that look like? Yeah. So when I got pregnant, my mom, she was like so excited and (laughs) so happy and so supportive. I know. And you know, at this point, my sister had already had children. So she was a young mom. And so my mom was a single mom. And so my mom loved us so much and she loved her grandbaby that she already had. And Mm -hmm. so when I found out I was pregnant, like I didn't know that wasn't like normal that you wouldn't have a supportive mom. So it was all I knew. There was no other option but to have this baby because my mom was so excited. And so, yeah, (laughs) it was. You you didn't even think twice about it. You just knew like when you found out you were going to have it, have her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. So didn't really, didn't really you know, like we're, I was 14. I didn't even know what like a having a baby was. I'm like, I'm pregnant. Okay, cool. And take it to my mom. She's supportive. And then the other side was like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but mm. my mom was all for it. And I'm like, well, there's, you know, this is, yeah. it is what it is. So we're, we're moving forward with it. So yeah, that definitely was a huge, huge thing that my mom was supportive and to be honest, it, it saved my life. Wow. Mm -hmm. How old was the dad at the time? Well, (laughs) is that a bad question? (laughs) I can't remember if he was a teenager or not. No, he was, he was probably 17. Yeah. I remember him kind of young. Yeah. It was, yeah, probably 17 or something. Like he was a few years older than me, but I was 14. So yeah. Yeah. So once you decided, you knew you had your mom's support, you know, you were Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm having a baby. Were you and the dad together? We were, but it was super toxic. Yeah. So talking about like manipulation, all of the abuse that I faced in that relationship to why I even was in it still. Yeah, we were together, but it wasn't long after that I did get pregnant that we were no longer together. So I was just in my first trimester before we were even like, you know, we were already on the way out. Yeah. So you stayed in school, like actual school once, um, like the whole time you were pregnant. Yeah. So there's at El Cajon in San Diego, where we're from, there is a high school, El Cajon Valley High. Okay. I think it's El Cajon Valley. I don't know. But El Cajon High School had a pregnant teen program. And so I think this was like the most amazing saving grace. Um, It was the first time I got straight A's, but 
it was in this class that we were just all pregnant teens, like all girls that were pregnant. And we were all in like different, you know, different grades, but we were all in this one class. And it was really great because we didn't have to walk around campus. We didn't have to do the transferring of classes, you know, potentially submitting ourselves to bullies or like Mm -hmm. a fight because it's a rough neighborhood. Like I grew up in a really rough part of town. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a really great, like, and Miss Bartell, shout out to Miss Bartell. I, <laughs> she was like an angel to me. Like she would take me from school because my mom was working and she would take me to my mom's work after school wow. because I'm like, my mom teacher? can't pick me up. Mm-hmm, my teacher. Wow. So she was such an angel and wherever she is today, but she's, ama- <laughs> she's amazing. She, she supported me greatly. Mm-hmm. We'll have to so, yeah. her and tag her. <laughs> Maybe she has a Facebook. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, so, so in school, in school. Yep. You you stayed in school. You had your daughter, and then like, what was that first year like? Mm-hmm. Rough, rough. So I was at El Cajon, and then I was forced to go and live with her father's family because I didn't have anywhere to go. My mom actually was like in a hotel. It was just not a good living situation, very unstable. So I had to make a hard decision to go, okay, I'm going to go to school in Lakeside, El Cap. And it was my sophomore year because I had passed, you know, freshman Mm -hmm. year, moving along. (laughs) And my sophomore year, it was that I moved to Lakeside because that's where they were. And so we were living there and it was rough. Like I would cry almost every morning going to school because I didn't want to leave my baby. And I was like on like a mission to figure out how I could do this mm-hmm. and like be home with my baby and not miss out. But I had to, you know, something in me, you know, knew that going to school was important, you know, because yeah. when girls are faced with such like situations like this, getting pregnant, there's Mm -hmm. such an easy route to just go, I'm just going to drop out. I'm just going to go get my GED and I'll just do whatever. And, but there was something in me that just kept leading me to stay in school and keep pushing forward. Cause I knew ultimately I would be like graduating was important because my mom, you know, she got her GED, my sister got her GED and didn't walk with their class. And so I saw a pattern And this was even before I knew the Lord or anything about like generational patterns and all of those Mm -hmm. things that can clobber you. But I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to show my baby that anything is possible. And so I have to stay in school as hard as it is and graduate with my class. So I, yeah, it was hard. Like every morning it was tough to leave her. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where we met, El Cap. <laughs> we were on the dance team and you were such a good dancer. You were always, oh my goodness. You caught on so quick too. And I remember you just like loved it. And you seemed so yeah. focused back then. Like mm-hmm. the first couple of years that, you know, we started getting to know each other. It was like, we formed a really tight bond during that time. Mm-hmm. And even it, it was just at school. Like, I feel like in the beginning, we didn't hang out as much outside mm-hmm. of school, but then we got into a little bit of a party phase. So like, oh, let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about that. Like, where where were you mentally like through those high school years having to raise a baby and like living at the baby daddy's house when like you're not even together and and you mm-hmm. know like what was that like 
my gosh. It was like a constant state of like, if I just look back, it was just like always a constant state of like, there's just static, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I knew that I I had to push through, but I was dealing with all of this trauma, like, like trauma to me now, like that. Mm -hmm. I like look back, I'm like, dang, that really like affected me. But everything that I was dealing with, with whatever was happening in the house, and then like, having that pool to be a mom and then be a teenager and wanting to have a social life, but still be Mm -hmm. a mom. And so, yeah, I ultimately, I would say like sophomore, junior, like going into junior year, there was a, like at the end of my sophomore year, I believe, I don't know timelines. I'm not very good at times, but Mm -hmm. like, like something had happened where I had to move out. Like my safety and the child's safety was like at risk in that house and I had to leave. And so I just remember the day that my mom came and got me and I moved with my mom and she had finally had like an apartment that she was stable at. And so it was good. It was like so much better to be with her versus Mm -hmm. in that in that space and so just like talking about my teenage because there became like a custody thing where like my baby would go where she would go to her dad's and then I would have her so it would be like 50 50 and then I had time alone to be a teenager and do our little party thing (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then you know, then be a mom. And like, when I had her, I was like, strictly mom, when I didn't have her, I was having fun. So there was like that, that time of season where, yeah, we had like, there was that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I really did. I was like, I did have a gift. And I, I like, just to separate, you know, and just be disciplined enough to, you know, have that time, but not yeah. bring it around her when I had her. Right. So that was really important to me. So yeah, that was those days. Yeah, I feel like I went through the same thing. Like, even though like 19 is, you know, a lot older when you're thinking about those like cru- critical years, when I ended up moving back with my mom, like the same kind of thing happened where I started to like go out more, my mom could watch the you know, my son. And then, yeah, it was just, it's a phase, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine like trying to do high school, being in that teenage, like social life. And like at El Cap, there were a lot of parties and like Mm -hmm. lots of invites. And you're like, you want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of like the social scene, but like you're a mom, you know, I think that like you did an amazing job at separating the two. And I never once saw you lose focus of your daughter. You know, mm-hmm. like you always were every decision you made, it seemed like from my perspective was for her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just super proud of you because I, I remember like thinking like, dang, like she's actually doing it. Like a lot of people would give up or a lot of people would just end up, like you said, dropping out or like you really like cared about being on the dance team. You cared about your grades. You cared about these things that were going to help you later in life and help your daughter essentially, you know? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So after you graduated, what happened after that? <laughs> Can we even talk about graduating? Because I almost didn't. Oh my gosh. You the did, road, right? I did graduate yeah. and I, I wish I would have had my <laughs> diploma right here to show you. But the the road, I'll just back up a little bit because okay. graduating was beautiful. But the road there, because I was wanting to be mom, I wanted to have a social life. And then I was dealing with all this drama. Um I fell behind really, really greatly because I decided it was my junior year. I think it was like the beginning or middle where I was like, I'm going to like take their like partial homeschool, 
partial like at school mm-hmm. um, opportunity so I can go to work. And I started working at the pancake house. Oh, like, I remember that. <laughs> I started working there and then I was, you know, being able to be with her a couple days a week, but I fell behind. Like that decision put me like miles behind because there's so many credits per class. Mm-hmm. And man, I really did fall behind. So my senior year, I actually had like eight classes. And so while all of like the beautiful, cute girls leaving in their cars or going to the beach at lunchtime, I'm like over here, like, bye, I have to stay. Cause I have, not only do I have seven full classes or whatever classes we had, I had like a class after school and then a class on Saturday. And then I had to go to adult school because I was doing math. And literally my, my last day when we were graduating the last day that morning, before mm-hmm. I got to pick up my cap and gown, I had to go to history class, and finish a test. And I did the test. I can't even tell you what I got on the test because I gave the test to the teacher. He's like, get out of here and go graduate. Because oh, cool. he was like, just go. You you did it. You did it. Good job. Yeah. And that was like the last little, you know, staple in the paper that I went and got my cap and gown and I walked with my class and the story was that they were like, Portia, you don't have to like kill yourself over here. You can graduate three years or three months after your class and just, you know, graduate Mm -hmm. in September instead. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, like the, I'm not, no, I didn't come this far to like graduate with people that like, no, I want to walk with my class. That's what I need her to see. And so I did. Yeah. And that was like, wow, it was like supernatural, but I, I did it. (laughs) Yeah. You fought for that. We graduated. You fought for that thing, like your drive and persistence. And you know, I was a super senior, right? (laughs) No. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't set up to graduate on time either because, like, Mm. at 16, I had to get emancipated. I was living on my own, like in my own Mm -hmm. apartment, you know, at that, like, 16, 17. And I fell behind too. So I was like, dang, I'm not going to finish. And um, I ended up just doing, I think, probably what they offered you. I did like an extra semester and then I walked with the next class. So mm-hmm. I really didn't care. I was like, I don't care who I walk with. I just want to go on the stage and like get that <laughs> diploma because I was so similar to you. Like it just mattered to me. It was just yeah. something inside me that I knew I had to fulfill, you know? Yeah. So good. Yeah. it's totally. And yeah, I can't even imagine like having a child at home and like that probably pushed you just so much more to to make sure that you did it. It's really awesome. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that last, I remember I had teachers where I'm like, I had like a D and I'm like, please just pass me. Just pass me. I need to graduate. <laughs> and I think I had a couple of teachers like help me out too. So I think they know yeah. the ones that really want it, you know, totally. and like are facing challenges at home and personally. And I'm sure that it's, it's obvious. So I can hook a couple kids up every now and then. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So got that diploma. What happened next? Yeah. So where'd you live? Would you stay with your mom? You know what? I was living with my mom and then it was really like important to me to have stability for my baby and me. So we were living in these apartments and my mom would do the hair of the manager that managed the apartments. And there was just this one conversation that I had with her 
And I don't even know how it was orchestrated. I don't remember, but we, I just remember specifically, she's like, if you go to college, if you like, and it was before I graduated, she's like, if you graduate high school and then go to college, I'll make sure before I retire here that you have an apartment because it was government housed and the wait list for government housing. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody knows, but it's like <laughs> crazy, like five years yeah. of a wait to get into an apartment. And so this was subsidized housing. And so she was going to pull some strings for me, like another, wow. just a blessing from heaven when I didn't even know, like God was chasing me down, mm-hmm. but she, so I was like, done, like, yeah, <laughs> you got it. So I graduated and then I started to go to Grossmont college and with a major in dance and I was starting my GE and I was dancing. Oh man, it was that. so fun. It was so fun. And so she, she retired. She got me my apartment. I was in apartment like 217. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Right on the corner. And I stayed in that apartment for 10 years. Are you serious? Yeah. I lived with my baby. She was three years old when we got that apartment. She had her own room and uh, yeah, we stayed there for 10 years. So I, I, I had, received the blessing of stability for her so she knew that like does the um, housing like change anytime or it just stays pretty low because of because of like the the way it's structured subsidized housing goes on your income oh okay Is that okay. what you mean yeah i wasn't sure like if it changed like throughout those 10 years or anything like just whatever income you make then it goes off that yeah. that's cool yeah so it takes a percentage of your income and so i i honestly mm. remember paying 17 dollars for my rent at one month because I didn't have income. Like I was a single mom. Yeah. I eventually, and then I had another baby when I was 21. And so now then I had two babies and then that relationship didn't work out. And so now I'm a single mom to two babies and yeah. Oh, was, I have a question. What was yeah. dating life like as a teenager and you had a baby? Like how <laughs> did, how did that go? Dating and having a baby. I, I like in high school. It. Yeah. I didn't even like, it wasn't a thing to me. Like I was just like, you either you're for it or you're not like, I'm good Mm -hmm. either way. And I wasn't very committed to be honest. I did not have a heart for commitment and I pretty much like men were just looking back. I'm like, wow, I'd really, once it like got really, really serious, I would find myself sabotaging the relationship. Mm. And so I like, yeah, sorry, guys. Why do you think that is? Because of my daddy issues, my trust issues, the abuse that I had went through mentally, physically, emotionally, like men were mean, like, and so I like, I had just made this picture of like, well, if I, I'm like, just pretty much get what, yeah you can give me what I want. Basically, Mm -hmm. like that was like my idea of men and my mom was single. She's still single. And so that is like a generational thing. My sister is not married. So I was just not like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to do this. I'd never had a picture of what a healthy relationship looked like. So I was like, well, that's just that we don't have to be married. We don't have to be committed. They just come and go and we just whatever. (laughs) We just have fun. Like, and so, yeah, I was so focused on her that like, it wasn't really a thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, dating was easy for me. I was pretty confident in who I was. And so where where did that 
Where'd that confidence come from? Because you did always have so much confidence. You know, maybe because my mom was so loving and mm-hmm. she loved me. And I, because I can't even tell you, because I didn't know my dad. I did have a grandma who was very encouraging, but I guess I just protected myself. And, you know, like there's so many ways that we do that. And so mm-hmm. I, maybe I, I hid my fears behind confidence. Maybe I hid my insecurity behind confidence because I, I did have a lot of insecurities. I did have a lot of fears, but I always just showed up because I had to, I had yes. no other choice, but to show up and like make things happen. Because if I wanted to have something, I always had to do it myself, you know, and my mom did her very best, but she taught me and she showed me what hard work was. And she showed me that you just get ish done, like you Mm -hmm. just make it happen. And so no matter what that looks like, whatever adversity comes your way, you got to keep trucking on because ain't no one coming to make the bed for you. (laughs) That is so true. I love that. Your mom's awesome. I remember hanging out with your mom quite a bit. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just, I just remember that she does hair. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you just said, how you, how you said, I didn't have a choice. I had to show up mm-hmm. like that. That's powerful because there, there were times where like, this is just like probably something I've never told you, but there were times where I could, you were confident and you were very bubbly, but I felt your pain. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I, could feel like there's more going on deeper than that. She's kind of putting on this face, but like what's inside Portia, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. I'm glad that Mm -hmm. you just touched on that because a lot of times our fears and insecurities, we, I don't do it. It's not something that I, I, I'm just like, I put it all out there, you know, but I, a lot of people who put on that smile and they're bubbly, like there's, there's pain and there's heartache going on, you know? Yeah. And I think I've learned so much in like being able to address those things and talk Mm -hmm. about those things in a way that is not condemning or, you know, like there's just, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And so I just knew, like, I just stuffed it down like, oh, well, okay. I feel this type of way, but we still have to go forward. And I didn't process it Mm -hmm. in the way that I know how to today. And so I, in the last 10 years, I'm not kidding you, the processing of like all of it has been so in depth and I've, I've come into this really safe place of, and we'll probably get into this of in, in my marriage, Mm -hmm. when I said, yes, I had the opportunity to put everything down if I wanted to, and just focus on my family and like me, like in healing. Mm -hmm. So because we're only as good as to our family as we are to ourselves, And so if, if I'm not healed right. and whole, I'm going to project all of that onto my kids. And then what the patterns, they yeah. just continue. So I, I'm like, I've made a decision. We're disrupting patterns and we're going to do the hard work that it takes to knock out this toxicity because it's not going to run through my kids. Yeah. So there's there's a process <laughs> I love that I love that I freaking love yeah. that so much it's it's so true and there's it's people like you and I that do that kind of stuff you mm-hmm. know where there's just some people out there that that break the cycle and they have this you know intuition and this drive and this need to be different and you make that decision yeah it's so mm-hmm. 
so freaking true when it comes to like before I started my healing journey it was like it didn't really you know come to a head until like my early 30s when I was like oh crap like I have a lot to deal with that I haven't really faced like I know I have trauma but I need to really hold myself up become whole inside myself not look for other people to make me safe or feel good you know like I had to find within me and yes exactly if you like as a mom with trauma all of that gets projected onto your kids if you don't heal yourself like you said so i love that so much and i always tell irie you know my oldest i'm like i'm really sorry that like you had to grow up with me <laughs> because like you when you have kids young they literally grow up with you like i'm sure that yeah. you can relate to that and you're just like thinking about all the things that you're like man if i would have known like but mm-hmm. like you said you, you don't know what you don't know and you just do your best you know there's like all these cute little memes out there i just sent one to irie the other day and it was like thank you for like gr- being like i'm sorry that you you know had to grow up with me but thank you for showing me like what real unconditional love is you know yeah it's it's pretty deep when you think about yeah. it totally Cause it's, it's like our first baby, you know, our first baby, we're young. And then, you know, I had my second baby. I got a little bit better mm-hmm. and then I got, you know, waited, you know, uh, however many years I waited and then had two more babies. And so I'm like, wow, the difference in, so now I get to look at, I have an eight and a six year old and mm-hmm. I'm like looking at the difference in, in every season that I parented the first one, the second one, the third one, and now the the fourth one. I'm like, wow, the the it just gets better and better every time because yeah. we just like we just learn and we know. So yeah, so yeah, tap in to like the moms of multiple kids if you're just having a baby mm-hmm. or you're like new time mom because yeah, there's some wisdom to be gleaned from multiple Definitely. kids. <laughs> definitely especially different seasons of your life you know oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. like I waited 10 years to have or well, nine to have my second child mm-hmm. so it was like so different in so many ways I definitely don't have the energy I used to have though like I get tired I'm like uh but I wanted to go back to that apartment that you lived in because I remember yeah. coming over and and you were I think you were like starting a daycare or something yes and you had like everything. I remember thinking like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like Portia, you're, she, you were a rock star back then. Like you just have something about you that when you want to do something, you go all the way and like you do it. And I just remember being so amazed by that. I'm like, dang, she's got her own apartment. She's like trying to start her own business. Like you were already business oriented back then. You were already, you know, doing entre- entrepreneurship. You already had all these salt, like ideas. So what were those 10 years like in that apartment? Like kind of in a nutshell, like what, what happened? What transformed in you? Yeah. So ups and downs for sure. But when I had my daughter at 21, I just knew I did not want what would happen to my first daughter to happen to my second daughter. I went complete like 180. I was like complete turnaround of like, I need to be present with her. I need to be with her. I need to teach her. I need to you know, just be a mom. Like I just wanted to be a mom so bad to her. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started my childcare. So I went through the licensing. I had one woman, I had like three kids at one time, mm-hmm. but the main, the main <laughs> goal and the main focus was to be home with my baby, my second baby. Smart. So yeah. And I turned my whole living room into a <laughs> A school. <laughs> a I remember my whole house. Yeah. My whole apartment was a complete preschool 
Cause yeah. yeah, in the kitchen, there was a baby kitchen. <laughs> there was like books and like a book, like desk on the wall, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I was an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I say that in my business too. I'm like, I was an entrepreneur before I even knew of the word. Cause I just, right. I had to make something happen. I needed to make money yeah. and I needed to be home with her. So I figured it out. Like I just was like, okay, I'll do that. I'll, I can do that. I love kids. It's so yeah. fun. So uh, I, yeah, that was like women and kids are still my passion. I actually serve in my church and lead in kids now today. I thought I would never, but yeah. Isn't it crazy how like things from 10, 15 years ago, ideas that you have or passions, how they pop back up and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this, I felt my purpose a long time ago. And like, now Mm -hmm. it's just coming like in a real powerful way that you can actually do, you know? Like now you're equipped to do it. Now you're in the right mindset. Now you're able to hold space for all those people, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So when did you meet your hubby? So yeah, fast forward. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My husband. So at El Cap, at El Cap, we danced. I know how you met your husband. Yeah. (laughs) Duh. we'll, We'll tell our friends that are listening. Yeah. The story is truly like one from a fairy tale, but I started hanging out. There was this one girl in our dance class and she was like the older girl and she was like the best, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, wow, I want to dance like her, you know, how we have those (laughs) things. And I was like, I don't know. I just heard this voice in my head. I'm like, I'm going to make her my friend. Like she's Mm going to be my friend. Like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get to know her because that's, I think that's something that I've always had too. It's like, if I see somebody doing something that I want to do, I get to know them. And then I figure like, yes, make their skills my own. And so I'm really good at learning and like being, I'm so coachable. So anyways, I become friends with this girl Mm -hmm. and yeah, we become friends. And then after high school, we start hanging out and like, she has this little brother and little brother. He's like one year. Yeah. He's like one year older than us, uh, than me, but he was still little because he had braces. He had like acne (laughs) and I was like way too cool for a little brother with braces. So we were, you know, doing our party thing and whatnot. And I, after our party phase, like she, her life changed, she stopped partying and then my life changed. And this is like just a fast story. Yeah. But I, I started this business with a networking business and the philosophy of it was God first family, second career, third. And so that is where I found out about this um, lifestyle of faith. And like, I knew God, but I was not absolutely not living the lifestyle of what the word says. And so there was no way I was honoring God, but I saw these women living this life. And I saw my sister, I saw her living this life. And I was like, well, she's living a nice life. And these women in business are living a nice life. How do I live that nice life? Because Mm -hmm. I want, I always have wanted more. And I was like this, I always like wanted to be this, you know, celebrity. I see these celebrity (laughs) lifestyles. I'm like, I want to live a celebrity lifestyle. And I, how do I do that? I just dream big. I love, I love that you dream big. It's so freaking fantastic. So everything I do is pretty eccentric. What's that word? Like big, like (laughs) I I don't do anything small. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of like, 
has bitten me in the butt, but <laughs> I start everything big. But anyways, I started to live this different lifestyle. So I knew the brother, I knew all of that. And then I started doing Bible study with her and her mom. And one day at Bible study, her mother in love was like, oh my gosh, what if so-and-so was your husband? And that that would be it because they knew I was like searching because I had come from like, I'm going to be single independent forever mm -hmm. and I don't need no man. I'm like this strong, independent woman. I can make it on my own mentality to I found God. I got saved. I completely changed my mindset and was like, now who's my husband? Because now I know <laughs> now I see who the vet like. I, now I see the value of having a husband. Now I see the purpose yeah. of it and the, and the power behind it. So I was on the hunt to like mm -hmm. prepare myself for whoever this man was. And mm -hmm. she's like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny if it was so-and-so I was like, stop. Are you kidding? I haven't even seen him. And he was like away. And so I hadn't seen him in like years. It, I didn't even know what he looked like anymore. And they're like, well, just write a letter to him. And I was like, write a letter. What am I going to say? Like, <laughs> why? And and then the mom was like, yeah, that would be so nice for him to get something that was not from his family. And so yeah. I'm like, fine, I'll write the letter. And so I write this letter and I had to rewrite it because I was like, what am I doing? Like, there was something <laughs> rising that I'm like, was I just flirting with him in this letter? Like what? I don't even know. Like, so yeah. I had to rewrite the letter. I had my friend read the letter and she's like, okay, that's fine. She's like, but why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. And so he gets the letter and then he writes back and he's like, and it was like, it, like talking to him today, he was like, I saw right through the letter. Um, <laughs> But he he's like, love you too, sister in Christ. And like this, you know, this thing. And so when he actually came back to San Diego. Was there more was, letter writing though? Or was it just the one? It was pretty quick that he, like we had started talking that like in the letter, there was probably mm -hmm. two letters. And then he was already like mm -hmm. on the way home. And so he, I was there the day that he got home and it was like, no, I was, it was something that was so divinely like put together. I can't even explain to you, but within two weeks we had our first date and then within nine months, almost a year we got married. And so it happened oh so gosh. very quickly that he knew like he had somebody else that was like, you know, trying you know, to rekindle. And he was like, absolutely not like he knew that he wanted to do better. Mm -hmm. He like his past is like my past. It's just really messy. And like things yeah. could have <laughs> things for both of us could have ended up a lot worse than they, yeah. they were, but we, we found God. And so he intervened. And so there was this Kairos moment that we both walked into that has set us on a fast track. And so, yeah, within a year we were married and then our son was born one day before our first year anniversary. Wow. Yes. That is, that is fast. So that was our, that was how I met my husband. That's so crazy. <laughs> so now like the girl that you saw in dance class that you wanted to become friends with is your sister-in-law. Is my sister. You manifested yeah. the shit out of that. <laughs> Holy crap. Like you literally did. <laughs> what you think about, you bring about. <laughs> That's crazy. Like oh, you, you manifested every step of that. Like you you know, however you want to put it, like your vision, mm -hmm. your thoughts were directed to, directed in a certain direction. And, um, and you did it, you made it happen. 
That's incredible. Yeah. So how long have you guys been married now? Are you ready? No. <laughs> Nine years. What? Oh my gosh. Like, where does the time go? That's so yeah. crazy. And then your kids are six and eight together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How have yeah. like the blending of families, how has that been? Has there been any challenges? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It actually, <laughs> <Even> a question. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a really good question because so many people are probably facing the blended mm. challenges that it comes like with the, with the baby daddy and the drama and then like the new man and then baby daddies want to get all puffed up and like act mm -hmm. all hard because of whatever. And I'm like, where are you like, sit down, like you're in, like stay in your lane because like this new man has come into my life. Like we're not even together. So there's right. some, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that can come about. And when you're single as like a, a single mom, everything is fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys are fine because they know that you're not with anybody, but right. like, as soon as you get with somebody and you start like getting serious, they want to start mm -hmm being weird. And so that was something that we had to deal with. And my, you know, my then boyfriend had to decide he gave me a promise ring and we actually, he had to decide if he was, if this was worth it. Yeah. If the fight sure. and the drama that he was having to deal with was worth it because not only did he have one father, he had two fathers mm -hmm. to deal with. I had, my kids had, you know, different dads. And so he's like, wow, this is like a lot. And so I wouldn't have blamed him if he would have ran the opposite direction because I was dealing with a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. And so, so with that being said, you know, it got really ugly, really, really ugly. And the promise was broken off. He had to think about it. And then and I went into- what, Can I just ask like what- yeah. how did it get ugly was it like the baby daddy was like trying to like just the intervene, just drama just the obnoxious unnecessary arguments Got right it. like just like kids making decisions you know that caused this result to mm -hmm. end up in this emotion on the other side and so just a lot of big emotions flying around yeah. that now I have little babies you know well at the time I only had two but yeah I digress. So he took so the there was, ring back. There was the point where he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> Come again? <laughs> Excuse me? So I, yeah. So there was a moment that he's like, give me, give me a few days. I need to think about this. And so mm -hmm. immediately I went into war mode and because every, we don't fight against flesh and blood. It is like in the spiritual that we fight. So I went, I mm -hmm. went and fasted. I was praying. I knew Dang. that this was my husband. I knew that this was my husband. I knew that I knew that I knew, and I was not going to let the devil destroy my future like anymore because he had already done enough. Right. So I fasted for three days. It was my first time fasting food and I only drank water for three days. I haven't wow. done that since because that is hard. <laughs> and um, so on the third day, I broke my fast over dinner with him and I didn't even eat at dinner until he gave me the answer. I was like, I can't eat until we like, I, I know what your next move is because like, this is not whatever. Yeah. It was the hardest three days, but our sister, his sister, what my friend at the time was so supportive. She was like my rock in that, in that season. That's awesome. It was my go-to. And he, he said, okay, I'm going to do this with you. 
we're going to do this. We're moving forward. And so he Ooh, took on, yeah, he took on the weight of two beautiful girls that needed a good father figure. Mm-hmm. He took that on. He's like, I'm not going to let, you know, this be taken away. And so said yes. And then, yeah, we moved on for that. But it was rough yeah. in the beginning with blended family. And so that was the main thing. You know, if we have, you know, if you're dealing with blended families with with mature mm-hmm. fathers and mothers, then it's it's easier. But any anytime you have a broken home, those children are subject to lots of of what could cause them trauma. And so right. I have had to work through, you know, with whatever opportunity I have gotten with my first daughter and now with the opportunity that I get to with my second daughter to coach them, to love them, to mm-hmm. to teach them the right way to go, yeah, I made mistakes. Like I know that you had a conversation with Irie. It's like, man, you we have to apologize mm-hmm. and go, you know what? I messed up and uh, I'm sorry, but how right. can we move forward with power? How can I teach you yes. not to do <clears throat> what I did and fall into those traps that can so easily snare us? And so I'm so proud to say that like through all of it, like I don't have daughters that have teen, you know, they don't have babies in, as teenagers. They both are graduate. Like my first one graduated high school. My second one is honors student graduating oh, homeschooled. So like I'm seeing the fruit of the fight mm-hmm. that it was hard, but man, uh, the fruit of my, my fight. And when we don't give up and give in, and just lay down and fold like a deck chair to mm-hmm. all the adversity that come that can come to us. We can then live to see the fruit of our labor. You know, like all of that is so powerful. So yeah, to to answer your question, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was hard. our first three years of marriage was cool, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> really, mainly because of the blending families issues. Well. Or just like communication, working all that out. Like- it's all, yeah, just all of it. I think, and like I said, like we have been on a fast track to, yeah, with all of that, with my business decisions, with how I was out of alignment with business. There was just a lot like in those three years of like, because things that I didn't learn as a child because I had to grow up so fast. Right. I am now learning as a 37 year old woman. Yeah, same. Why? Like, know. you know what I'm saying? Like, and so he, where areas where he's really strong in, I'm like horrible in. Mm-hmm. So we would clash and he's like, why would you make that decision? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> and that was like a real answer. Like, I don't know yeah. <laughs> because I didn't learn that, Yeah, you know, but why don't you communicate properly? Like, cause he didn't know that he wasn't he didn't have communication skills where I did and I didn't have money skills where he did. And so we would like, you Mm -hmm. know, these areas. And so, you know, looking back, thank God we got through it and we decided to, you know, not let those adversities take us out, Mm -hmm. but work through them. And now like, because when you have two willing vessels, you get stronger. And my motto is I get better every single day because I, I choose to. So, yeah, it is like between, 
it has all smoothed out now that like my first daughter, when she became an adult, like we didn't have to deal with that drama anymore, you know? Yeah. And with my second daughter, with the blended situation, her father had made a decision when things were addressed in the beginning to like, you know, be honorable and respectful in his place. And so he made that decision early on. So I am so blessed by his decision to do that because I'm so thankful because I didn't have to deal with what I dealt with the first time around. So she sees him and it's good. So (laughs) it all smoothed out. (laughs) So I'm like, wow, thank God. Like it was like, you know, the waves, they, they come. Yeah. (laughs) And so much learning along the way for Mm -hmm. everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure your husband like learned so much and like had to figure out so much on his own, you know, face like taking on two children and, you know, having to deal with the drama part of it. That's a lot. And I Mm -hmm. fully commend him Mm -hmm. for doing that because some, I feel like a lot of men will like the idea of it and like, they're like, they want to be with the girl. So they take on the kids, but it's more like, the mom is still single having her kids and she has a boyfriend, you know, like, mm. even in the same home, like it's not inter integrated. Mm-hmm. And it, from like what you've said and from what I've seen, like he fully integrated himself and like oh, immer- yeah. immersed himself into being a stepfather. And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really awesome for, for your kids and for you, you know? Yeah. And for women, even listening that are in relationships, when we, like say like you're independent you're a single mom you got to figure it out that independence it's a mindset and if you i had to learn to let that go and trust that this man now that i'm married to would actually take care of me it took me probably eight years we've been married nine years it took me eight years to let go of my independence and trust that he would have me that's so deep because the way yeah. that you grew up, the way that I grew up, we're told to take care of yourself, depend on yourself, don't depend on a man. And so like you have to like put up a shield mm-hmm. and it took you eight years to like let that go and like to complete, yeah, to completely yeah. figure it out mm-hmm. and like accept like, okay, this is a partnership. I don't have to stand on my own. I have someone yeah. who will pick me up if I fall down and like trusting that, you know, mm-hmm. I I remember going through the same thing. Like, I remember thinking like, why do I need to tell him where I'm going? Or like, I, it was something like I, I was going to go to a women's like Bible study one night. It was a few years ago Mm -hmm. and I did, I forgot to tell him and like, he brought it up in our marriage counseling. And I was like, why do I need to tell you? Like I do me, you know? And, and she was like, no, you're in a marriage. It's a partnership. Like you, you have to be able to lean on him. He leans on you. If you know, like, Hey, do you have, are we, do we have plans tonight? Cause I'm going to go to this Bible study, like communicate. I was like, Oh, okay. Like mm-hmm. I actually like have to, it's a process, you know, like it, when you grow up the way that we did, it's a process really allowing a man to like come in that close yeah. and, and feel a hundred percent safe, you know? Once you recognize that that thing is there, because for so long, I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just doing me like, Mm -hmm. and I was just like doing the thing. But like, once I was aware of it, I'm like, whoa, you could see it trigger in conversations and like arguments and going, this is why this is like, I'm, I'm alone. I'm, 
I just have to do it on my own. This is, and this is exactly why, like, and Mm -hmm. you know, we, whatever we're thinking about, we will find evidence like scientifically, we will find evidence to support if it's a lie or if it's a truth, but that thought we will find the evidence. And so I, I was for so long when I became like, when I wasn't really aware of it, like I would find evidence and this is why I have to just figure it out. This is why I have to just go do it on my own. And so we would have these arguments. He's like, why do you say that? Like, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, like, because you're telling me that I have to do it. He's like, I didn't say that. Right. I didn't say that. It was I'm your... like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like this moment. And then, then I had to go in and become completely aware of it. And then he would like, I would get triggered again in a conversation or an argument. And he's like, you're doing it again. Like you're yeah. saying it again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shoot. Okay. So then I would have to like, stack evidence. How is he supporting? Like, how is he providing? Mm-hmm. How, like, why do I not have to do this on my own? Because, okay, this, this, and this. So I would stack evidence to why I wasn't alone and I didn't have to do it alone. And we would have yeah. now deeper conversations. We would make, you know, we had got really, like, we've been getting really intentional on having coffee dates to check in every single week. So having those conversations of going, how did you feel this week? Or da, 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 da. And so really getting intentional with conversations and communication awesome. of going, okay, (laughs) that just came out of your mouth. Why are you feeling that way? Mm -hmm. You know, so we're like really, really intentional with supporting each other and helping each other understand one another. And so I think that has been such a saving grace, but like we have to first like become aware or else it just stays stagnant. And if you don't have a partner that's willing to work through it like that with, Mm -hmm. because it's like, we got to talk about it, you know, because And especially like, you don't tell me what's wrong, then I don't know what's wrong. I always tell my kids that like, that has been something that, you know, coming from Mm -hmm. that, that season of life into a new season that those things pop up. And if we don't address them, then they can destroy our marriages and our relationships. Yeah. I'm so proud of the growth, honestly, Mm. like, and it's good. It's never ending, you know, like, We'll probably do this again in 10 years because you know we're still going to be doing this yes. business and we're going to have new stories and new growth and new crazy things that happen, you know? So I'm just so happy you found a man and that you both are like so invested into each other and creating such a beautiful life for your family and breaking the freaking cycle, mm-hmm. like yes. destroying it. Like you're just like, nope, I'm done. My kids are having a whole new, whole new life, whole new perspective. Tell me what you're doing now. Yeah. I, you just said breaking the cycle. I have a shirt actually that says it ran through my family until it ran into me. I saw <laughs> like, that. It ran into my family. It ran yeah. into my family until it ran into me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to buy that shirt. I think I saw yes. someone wearing it on um, Facebook or something. I was like, okay, I need that. Mm-hmm. So I'm obsessed, but what am I doing today? I am homeschooling my kids. So uh, for the past three years, I've been like, well, since 2020, like I stepped out of my uh, network marketing. So I was like a car driving sales director doing pretty good, but like learning a lot of lessons, but I had to step down from that and start homeschooling the babies. So that led me to just like this past 
you know, four years just being mom and I'm so ambitious, you know me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like biting at the bit to do something. And I'm like, ah. So now <laughs> I'm in a season of like, they're getting more independent, which is really exciting. And so I'm less hands-on with their schooling because mm-hmm. they have online classes now. So I get to work more. So yeah, I am empowering women to show up powerfully and love and lead themselves well through my podcast, Sparkle with Portia Franklin, and then my program with simplifying digital marketing for business women. And then we have our online boutique that I started with my daughter, Kylie. And so her and I are running a mommy daughter shop where we sell all, all of our custom clothes and curated styles. And out of that was born my mindset journal from all of the work that I've done and all of these conversations, like this conversation that we've had and all of the work that I've done, it's been really intentional mindset renewal. And so I took that framework that I learned and I processed through my whole life. I'm like, how did I get here today? Because like, this is not normal. Me living in on top of the hill in this beautiful home, like teen moms, this doesn't happen. So how did I get here? So I really wanted to make a resource that helped women break the toxic cycles, like disrupt the patterns and sit down with themselves and get to think in what they think about. And so I wrote the Think Cute 30-Day Renewal Mindset Journal that has taken all of my research, all of my study from Dr. Caroline Lee, from like Chris Rochelle, like all of the, all of the greats of mindset and thought leaders. And of course the Holy Bible. And I've put it in this mindset journal and I just went through it and like it works. And like this month I've had the most breakthrough in this new season. And so that's what I'm doing today. I'm, and I'm excited to like speak to women. I want to have DM conversations and like help women get through the stuckness that we can feel, the frustration, the unworthiness and all of that. And so I actually started a Monday night, 630 Zoom community call for women who want to show up more powerfully in their life. Really? And sparkle. Yeah. So you have to get, send me all the links so I can include them because I know that there's going to be people that want to, to dive in with you deeper for sure. This, I'm so curious about the journal. So can I, Mm -hmm. where can people buy it? So you can go to thinkcuteboutique.com and it's right there. Um, It's also on Amazon. So if you're like in the UK or, you know, or you just want to get it from Amazon, you can actually order it on Amazon as well. It's just Think Cute Mindset Renewal Journal. So if you search my name or search Think Cute Mindset Journal, you'll find it. But when you order it from my website, I actually like give you a note. I give you like a bookmark and some goodies in there. I can't do that from Amazon. So I always love to make things really sparkly and beautiful. (laughs) Yes, I love Mm -hmm. it. You're always making it. Anything that you do is is definitely done the right way and it's going to have a Porsche touch to it for sure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm just like, it's the experience. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like reflecting and thinking like, wow, like just for both of us, you know, like Mm -hmm. looking at your face. I remember looking at you when we were 15 and now we're here and we're like actually trying, helping to help people change their lives, you know? Yes. And, and we've done so much work on ourselves mm-hmm. and that's why we're able to do this now, you know, that's mm-hmm. because, you know, five, 10 years ago, we, we weren't in that space or, 
now it's just like the time. The time is now. We need yeah. to be out there. We need to be seen. We need to show up. And yeah. that's what we're doing. And I'm just so proud of both of us, honestly. Me too. Yeah. I am so proud of you. And I was just a little reminisce. I was driving down past our school. And remember the day that we were sitting at lunchtime by like the snack bar and we were just sitting on the floor and we started like singing. <laughs> Yes, and we were I'm just sure like, that. I was like, I don't yeah. know. I'm really scared to sing. But yeah, little moments like that. I remember that. So and I was like, innocent. You're so good. I remember. So and innocent. So sweet. Like those moments, like our child came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I remember like we sang really well together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. So many good times and so many more to come. Thank you so much yeah. for joining me and my audience and sharing your vulnerable story. And I know it's going yeah. to touch so many people and I'd love to have you back on or come on your podcast. We're going to keep connecting yeah. definitely. So I'll include all of your info in the show notes for anyone who wants to reach out to Portia Franklin. Do that because she is a special one and she is going to help change your life. If, if you're ready and you're there and willing, she's, she's ready for you. Yeah. All Let's right. Have, have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.